Welcome to the Carolyn Shuttlesworth Podcast, where we'll dive deep into the Word of God, build strong faith, and finish the devil. Here's your host, author, speaker, and nonstop mom, Carolyn Shuttlesworth. Many of you who watch the, uh, the communion service, I had brought up a point because I was asked a question Sunday afternoon. And the person who asked me wasn't struggling with God's provision or anything. He was just honestly like, I don't know what this is supposed to be and what's normal. I'm, I'm a teenager. I'm just asking like, and he, he said, is this amount of eggs expensive right now? And so as soon as he said that, I just like, it dropped in my spirit of how there's no shortage in the kingdom. This world will... Um, constantly instill fear. They have no desire for faith. (laughs) No desire. This world is not for you. Uh, This world doesn't care about you and it doesn't have your best interest. So I thought today when I came into the studio, uh, it just continued to stir within me this week when I was reading the other morning of just God's provision and um, how that's really one of the major character traits of our Savior. So I was like, you know what? There is no shortage in the kingdom. This world is constantly going to tell you stuff that we're, we're running out of, quote unquote. You know, we've, we're running out of everything. We're running out of eggs, which are, are laughable to me because God owns all the chickens. <laughs> it's his animals that he created. They're still always going to be on the earth and they're still, hey, Jessica, always going to be providing for us. Uh, There's cattle. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He's the owner of it all. Uh, So, you know, you have to think outside the box. You have to think past what the news, what the media, what things are told to you and realize it doesn't matter what they say. I don't take my cues from the world. I don't take my cues from government. I don't take my cues from anyone but the Word of God that's alive and powerful. And this is important. Some of you that are watching are single moms and you're, and, and you're like, man, it's hard. It's, it's a little stressful. I'm the only income into the family. But that's not anything that ever has to be a weight upon your shoulders because there is no shortage in the kingdom of God for, it doesn't say, well, if you're married, you know, this and that. It's no, every person is looked at as an individual and you are a child of God just as much as someone else who is married. So we're not going to dwell on, well, do I have a single income or do I have no income? Or do I have double income? Do I, you know what I mean? We're going we're gonna to focus on who our provider is, who our provider is, period. I don't want to hear anymore the this isn't fair, or, this is fair, or, it looks like this, it looks like that. No. If we apply the word of God, if we live by the word of God standards, if we operate on the principle of the word of God and we do what the word of God says, it doesn't matter what our status is. It doesn't matter what it looks like here on earth. We're going to receive the benefits that go along with the, the package, with the plan, right? Just like when you have car insurance and you have this and that, you get a benefits package. And which brings me to one of my first points, Leslie. She says, Um, She's on YouTube, so if you're on Facebook, she says, Amen, I have a covenant with Jehovah Jireh. So it's actually going to bring me to my first 
one that I wrote down, which starts in Genesis 22, because it's one of Abraham with a ram being caught in the thicket. But did you know that in this chapter, that's also where God got the name Jehovah Jireh for the first time? And I love that. It brings me to that song, which always gets my heartstrings because it's, you know, Jehovah Jireh, you're my provider. Jehovah Nisi, Lord, you reign in victory. And um, if I could sing, I would keep going, but this is not a worship night for me. <laughs> so, but it's true. Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh. Because as long as we go out with the instruction of God, all he, all he wants to know is, where is your faith at? Do you trust me as a provider? Will you go forward when it looks crazy? Okay, I'm getting ready to take a knife to my son on an altar, right? That's crazy. Would any of you take your children when God said it right away? You know, we're all, I will admit, that would be a hesitation. I'd be like, uh, what? Huh? You want me to do what? And so God wants to know. Yeah, Caitlin, I don't know if that would be really good. <laughs> and so he wants to say, he, he, God doesn't have like, I've only planned it out this far. So I'm not really sure what's going to happen with the next 20 years. No, God has a plan set up for us. But he wants to know, can you operate with my instruction? Can you obey my word? Can you trust what I have to say when it could be the scariest moment possible? You know, there's times where um, Ted and I, have a family, we have a ministry, we have a home. We ha there was times at the beginning of, of our ministry where he told us to give what we have in our bank account. Yeah, that's scary. That's scary when you have bills due, when you have um, children. You know, it was a little like, oh my gosh, you want us to move to Florida? Well, that's way more expensive and I'm keeping the house. And now I've got like, I'm gonna have rent there until I figure out where I'm gonna to live. I'm going to have a mortgage in Virginia Beach. I'm going to be juggling this, juggling that. But you know what? He had to see, will they do what I asked them to do quickly? Will they do what I asked them to do? Will they trust me? There's going to be a money test. It, it, you know, people get it all mixed up. He's not going to test you with something that he's redeemed you from. He's not going to put sickness on your life and see if you believe he's a healer. He's not going to beat you up to fix you up. That's all a, a bunch of ridiculous doctrine. Uh, all of that's based on people's personal circumstances. They go through something and then they rewrite the word of God. And then they teach it to you from that standpoint. And it's hogwash. I don't even know where that came from. But it's crap. <laughs> In the words of Ted. He says, I don't give a crap. And I'm going to say that's crap doctrine right there. <laughs> and so, but there are tests where he's going to say, prove to me that you believe my word. Prove to me. Prove to me. Am I a man that I should lie? Prove to me. 
And so there's going to be opportunities in our life that could seem really extreme and that could seem really scary. But he's saying, prove my word. Prove that I don't lie. Prove that I am Jehovah Jireh. Prove that the world lies to you, that there will never be a shortage in the kingdom. Right? He went around throughout the Bible um, multiplying everything. Everything was always added, doing this, more, 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 more. There was never a subtraction when it came to the Lord. Never a subtraction. Always more. And so I love it because in, uh, I'm not going to take all 14 verses, but we know where Abraham's faith is tested here, where he's got to take a son. But in, in 13, it says, Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in his horns in a thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in this place of his son. Abraham named the place Yahweh Jireh, which means the Lord will provide. Not think about providing, not maybe provide, not 90% uh, of the time comes through, but will. When you say you will do something, that means you're going to do it. So it says the Lord will provide, which is Jehovah Jireh. And to this day, people still use that name as a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So take a minute right now. In your own words, if it's your prayer language, in your own words, before we continue, thank the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, you are my provider. Thank you that I'll never be without. Thank you that you have made a way that I can live blessed, that I can be a blessing to others around me. Thank you, Jesus, that my children are healthy and strong. Thank you that my husband is healthy and strong. Thank you, Lord, that I'll never be without. I have a roof over my head. I have a bed to sleep in. I have a car to drive. Thank you, Lord, that you give me more than enough that I can see the kingdom of God be blessed. Thank you, Lord, for making a way for me to receive a harvest and to have a seed every day. Thank the Lord that he's your provider. Oh, that gets me every time. But we need to let him know how we feel because that will open doors for us. That will open doors for you. Okay, going on. Exodus 16, that's where I read the other day on the um, broadcast. It just got to me because I was like, you know what? When, when that teenager asked me about the eggs, I immediately thought about uh, manna and quail from heaven. But I thought about how there was an instruction that God said. When I think about his goodness, when I think about his goodness, <laughs> how he saved me, how he raised me. Oh, I wish I could sing because I feel that song all the time. How he filled me with the Holy Ghost to the uttermost. He's just such a good God, and I can't get off of it this week. Just everything he's done in my life since I was a kid, in my kid's life, saving their lives, healing their bodies, making a way for this church, making a way for, for you guys to come down and be a part of it. 
for the testimonies that we received over this fast. I mean, like it was just, it was like an overwhelming wave of goodness brought on in the last week from you guys, from what you guys have written in, from what has um, happened. Maddie, let me have a tissue, please. Happened in um, our own lives. So I mean, like, so good, so good. All right, so I was thinking with the question, do you know a paper towel does the same thing as a tissue? <laughs> Type A is very literal personality. We, we talked about this this morning when she learned about the different personalities. She ran out of her room saying, Mom, I'm a type A. I was like, you don't have to tell me. <laughs> you came out type A. <laughs> um, and so, <clears throat> excuse me, got me, got me during the broadcast. And, uh, you know, when I got asked that question, I thought God said to the Israelites, when it comes from heaven, I mean, directly, I mean, it is a direct gift from heaven that was coming to the ground for the Israelites because he was like, you're not getting leftovers. You're not, you're, you're, you're not worthy of stale bread. You're the children of God. I'm going to give you a direct delivery from heaven. I'm sending manna and quail to you. But there was a stipulation. He said, when I, when, when the manna comes, don't gather it and keep it. Whatever you gather, eat. Don't bring it into the next day. Don't bring it into the next day. It says, and Moses told them, it is the food the Lord has given you to eat. The Lord's instruction, each household should gather as much as it needs, pick up two quarts for each person in your tent. Verse 19, then Moses told them, do not keep any of it until morning, until morning. That was a test. That was a test. Wanting to know, listen, are you going to be concerned that you're going to be without again? Is it just so delicious and you're so consumed by the goodness of it that you're going to be like a never be without? This is how, this is how people, this, this then translates into other verses where it's like the love of money is the root of all evil things people start loving things it says you can't you know you can't take things with you into heaven when you go like you, you to, to take things people love it's like the the rich the rich the rich guy he was like I can't go serve Jesus I'd have to give up my things well his heart had the things and that's what happens with this people get this stuff from God and they're like, well, I'm never gonna be, I'm never gonna have it again. There's a possibility. There's a shortage out there. I might not have this again. I might not have this. I might not have that. And so people start to get driven by fear and then they're completely out of faith and out of the instruction of God. Because all he said was, listen, when I give you this food, hey, hey, Katerina, when I give you this food from heaven, I, don't, I just want you to gather it, I want you to eat it. And, and there are people that didn't. And what happened? It was filled with maggots and worms, and it was rotten. 
It was maggots, worms, and rind. And that's what happens to a lot of people's blessing and a lot of people's things and a lot of situations. It gets maggots and it gets stinky and it doesn't happen for them and doors get closed. And God says, listen, I gave you a simple instruction. I just said, trust me. I said, I will provide for you. You have the easy part. He has the harder part. He's going to come through with the big thing. All you have to do is trust. All you have to do is step out and be obedient. All you have to do is say, yes, Lord, and do what he says. And look, he was going to provide again and the next day with fresh. Who wants old? Who wants stinky? Who wants stale bread? Who wants, you know, I don't care for leftovers too much. Uh, you know, certain leftovers. There's some Thanksgiving I like, but I mean, in the in general... Someone one would like a fresh meal, right? So like, I love to make a good spaghetti sauce. I love it with sausage. I love it with hamburger uh, meat, you know, the, the, like, a, like a, a meat sauce. I'll make sauce, I'll add my own ingredients. I'll add my own, I'm not Italian, but I like to think I am, it's my favorite food. And so I'll add that stuff to it and I love it. But man, there's nothing like when you make fresh pasta that day for the meal, fresh garlic bread coming out, fresh spaghetti. I think I need to make some. I haven't eaten for 21 days. <laughs> I, missed, I missed spaghetti dinners. And so that's way better than just reheating, right? Microwave the next meal, microwave this. That's like what God has for us. He says, listen, that, that's the whole thing of what his prayer right? I'll give you daily bread. I'm going to give you daily miracles. I'm going to give you the new daily. You're just going to have to trust me. I am Jehovah Jireh, not you. You don't have to provide anything. I'm the provider. You just have to trust. You have to remember our job is the easiest. His job is, is, is going to be the harder out of the two. And so what happened there? It got disgusting, the ones who, who didn't listen, the ones who saved it. And that's happening to a lot of people's situations. They're wondering why, hey, things aren't working out. Hey, I've hoarded onto this for too long. God told me to give this away. Hey, this is, I'm not seeing the favor in my life that other people. Well, are you giving? Are you trusting? Are you proving God at his word? We have to think about these things. Sometimes we get comfy in our recliner and our, our feet are up or on our coffee table. But we got to take this word and chew on it and live it and do it and prove God. Okay. Um, I'm not going to go through all the, the ones I have. But I mentioned the other day on Instagram when I, was, when I was starting to look these up was Mark. Go with me. Well, <laughs> like I'm in a church service right now. Go with me to Mark if you have your Bible. But you, you can just write it down or just trust me. <laughs> but in Mark. He sent out the 12 disciples. I love this because I travel a lot. I go out, go out a lot. I'm gone a lot. And so I love this because this is when Jesus called. He sends out the 12 disciples. Then Jesus went from village to village teaching the people. And he called his 12 disciples to gather and began sending them out two by two. He's called you to do something. He's called you to step out. He's called you for the next thing he has for you, the next purpose, the next thing on your, your path to, to what God has for you. 
He's called you. Have you listened to his voice? Have you answered the call? More than just salvation, more than yes, Lord, I want to go to heaven. He's called you to do great things for him. And then what? As he called them and he began to send them out. He equipped them when he sent them out. Look, he gave them authority to cast out evil spirits. He gave them authority. There's a lot of things you can do with authority. And so he told them to take nothing for their journey except a walking stick. No food, no traveler's bag, no money. Do you think they walked around poor and broke? I know some people preach that. I know some people believe that. I know some people think Jesus was poor. They've clearly never read the Bible. <laughs> I mean... I know they have, but what I'm saying is between the lines here. Jesus was not poor. He, didn't, he came into this world very wealthy. When he was given gifts, when they finally got to him, he wasn't a newborn like it was there. You know, it took time to travel to Jesus. But he has been, he's been on, ever since he's been on earth, he's been a very, very wealthy and, and if he's a teacher of giving and a teacher of being blessed for the ones that are around him, do you think the ones that worked for him as disciples were not taken care of? No. He just said, listen, will you go out? Will you be a messenger for me? And see, they're hard again. It's a heart test. Or do you feel like you have to have a traveler's bag? You have to make food because you feel like you're going to run without. Or You know what I mean? Like he's going to test at every situation and say, will you just do what I say? And so these men, their businesses were thriving. I mean, Peter was a fisherman. He, he, he left to serve the Lord, but he had a thriving business. His business wasn't going down. He had money. You know, you have to understand the Lord is just saying, like I, I've been telling you from the beginning, prove me, prove me. Let me show you what I can do in your life. But you're going to have to get uncomfortable. You're going to have to walk in faith. You're going to have to say yes when your head's going, no, no, no. What are you doing? That doesn't make sense. But the spirit man is saying, I've got peace. I'm being led by peace. I'm being pushed. I'm being the, the drive is there with joy. And so I love that because he said, listen, I'll give you authority, but take nothing and let's see what happens. And listen, they always had a place to sleep. They always had money. They always had food in their belly. They were very blessed working for the Lord, very blessed by stepping out and taking action. Look in John 2, I wrote down. What is that? That's the first miracle Jesus performed, water into wine, the first miracle of provision. Now, I showed you things that God did in the Old Testament, but then Jesus was sent to the earth. And what did Jesus say? I will not do or say anything that my father hasn't said to me. And what he, how he emulated himself was obviously a ref reflection of his heavenly father. So, the way Jesus was, his love, his miracles, his blessing, his provision, 
was a direct impartation of his heavenly father. And so look at Matthew, um, John 2 with the first miracle. Isn't that interesting that the first miracle that um, Jesus ever performed was what? Someone write it real quick. Provision. Provision. He provided. His first miracle that Jesus ever did was provision. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? I know you guys were going to write turning water into wine, but the first miracle translated into provision. So that is something that we have to instill in our thoughts that the kingdom of God it doesn't even know the word shortage. It doesn't even know the word. It's not even in the vocabulary of our Savior. Shortage is not in the vocabulary of our Savior. So should it be in the vocabulary of us as his children? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So the first miracle was a miracle of provision. I love it. I love it. And, and I love his mother. Um, I'm just giving you references of where to go. I'm not going to read all of the verses. But um, I love what his mother Mary talks to people in that chapter. Because he says, whatever he says, do it. She's one of my favorite women in the Bible. I know there's, there's Deborah and there's Ruth and there's Naomi and there's this and that. And everyone preaches on it. But I will say that Mary is one of my favorite women in the Bible. Because right there is the most wisdom, full of wisdom like statement that anyone could make. Is whatever he says, do it. And so his first miracle here on earth was a miracle of provision. So we have to get that within our mindset that we're not going to be without. If you ask my children, one of the things that they ever get, you know, kids get worked up. My, they, oh my gum, they, um, I don't have this any, or, or I'm going to, um, you know, can I have some gummy bears? You know, this, this, this is, you know, what kids fight over. Can I have this? Can I have that? You know my girls they might fight over something girly like hair ties or something i don't know what you guys fight over maddie <laughs> if you guys do <laughs> hair yeah hair products maddie's yelling hair products from the back you know and, and one thing i always tell my kids what is it you're not going to be without guess what we'll go get more just share just give just and because i've been instilling that in them for all these years you know, they're ready to give everything away when people come over. I don't think that there's not a time when people leave my house that my kids have not left, like the kids or whoever is leaving has left without something. I'm not kidding. Like there's something that leaves my house every time somebody comes over. Like literally, I don't, right, Matt? Like I don't even know. I got to the point where there's kids that come over my house and they actually ask now for something. They're like, um, can I have something out of <laughs> Maddie's room? Or <laughs> now they're trained. Now the, the, the kids that come over are like, you know, it would be unusual if I left your house without something. So I'm just going to go ahead and ask you, can I have something? <laughs> Which cracks me up. 
because it's like, here's a little kid that's so bold and, and is just going to say, can I have this? It's like, why don't we get that kind of faith? Why don't we get that kind of boldness to walk into our Heavenly Father and be like, can I just have this, Lord? And he's going to say, sure. <laughs> and so, you know, I let my kids know we're never going to be without. Sometimes in their school, Nancy, come on over. We'd love to have you. Um, uh, I know that, uh, that I, I always am telling them we're never going to be without because that's just a mindset that, you know, they'll get stuff in school and, you know, they're talking about uh, maintaining this and uh, extinction of animals and um, we got to take care of Brooklyn's learning right now about the Amazon and the Congo and this and that and how people want to come in and take trees down and we've got to, I get whole, you know, preservation of things. I get it. You know, nobody come after me. That's like an eco tourism person or whatever but I mean like they're just like this and I say Brooklyn I said yes we have to take care of of God's earth we just you know we do take care of we care about God's creation we're just not going to be to the mindset of we're getting ready to wipe things out and we can't you know because that gets to be a, a mindset and we start advocating for like weird things like Instead of sowing money to the kingdom, we're now giving more money to like animal preservation or, you know, things like that. So we just have to be careful what is said to the point where, you know, are we are we going after what is God's? Are we going to try to save the world? Because we need to save souls and take care of everything else. But we get things flip flopped, flip flopped around. And so I tell my kids, we're never going to be without because we won't be without. The world's not going to be without. The Bible says in Genesis, as long as there's seed time and harvest, summer and winter. So that means that's a cycle. It's coming around. It's coming around. Planting, reaping, planting, reaping, planting, reaping. And so over in John uh, 2, we just did the miracle. Um, John 6, what does he do? He feeds the 5,000. Now look, he wanted to see where Philip's faith was. So God's going to test. He's going to ask. He's going to ask you to do something. He might ask you to give something. He wants to see where you're at with an instruction, where you're out. What can he give to you? What can he provide for you? Where are you at with an instruction from God? He says, Jesus saw verse 5, a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, now do you think God, I'm sorry, Jesus, do you think Jesus didn't know the answer to this question? Where can we buy bread to feed all these people? Is, is that how you picture Jesus in the Bible? Oh my gosh, look at these people. Run. Run, I'm gonna slip out. You cause a diversion. I'm out of here. Way too many people can't handle this, wasn't prepared for this. We we out. <laughs> Can you imagine Jesus ever doing that? Like you have to like say these things in an extreme and goofy way because I need it to be real to people. I need you to really think about stuff like that. Because sometimes we just like read through the Bible. 
and we're just like, <clears throat> Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip for he already knew that he was going to do. Philip replied, and then we just go through and we don't even like think about it. Look what it said in the next verse, the next sentence. He was testing Philip for he already knew what he was going to do. Now, John says this, of course, if you read it in Mark, it says it a little bit differently. So it's good to read through all of the Gospels and see how it's all laid out. But I love that. He was testing Philip. He really knew what he was going to do. He really knew what he was going to do. He wanted to see where Philip's faith was. <laughs> God, God doesn't, um, he doesn't look at the world and see what they've planned and see how they're going to do it and see, you know, hmm, maybe we can join in cahoots with the world and be like, let's have a plan together. No, not at all. God already has a plan to provide. He already knew what he was going to do. Jesus was prepared. He was prepared with provision. Hallelujah. Jesus is always prepared with provision. And look what he did. He fed the five. Actually, he fed more because you're thinking of women and children in there. So there's so many more. Like, you know, I, I could just go on, obviously, through the Bible. There is 2 Kings 4, what we got, we got filling up, you know, he told the woman, bake what you have and what? Bake what you have and then never ran out again. More than enough flour. She listened to the instruction. So do you see here? There's an instruction. I, I did this broadcast not long ago, how, how there's an instruction, then provision. The blessing of God comes after that. So we need to have a heart check starting today. Does God have my heart? Will I fully trust him when it's uncomfortable, when it doesn't make sense? Faith doesn't always make sense. Sometimes, sometimes it's easy, like, yeah, I got it. And other times it seems really big and it seems really hard. But are we going to take that instruction and, and go through the Bible Go through these, you know, and, and 1 Kings 17. Go through these stories where it shows you that there was an instruction and God said to do this, and then look at the provision that came behind it. Look at what was provided for. In the Old Testament and the New Testament, it doesn't change. It mirrors each other. God and Jesus, how they operated, Father, Son, right there, mirrors each other. And so... Whatever you're believing for today to open up for you, whatever you're believing for today, and, and maybe you missed an instruction. Maybe you're like, shoot, I'm looking at some times right now where God asked me to do something and I didn't jump on it or I didn't do it. Guess what? There's always forgiveness. There's always redemption. There's always let's get back on track. Let's figure out where we missed it. Let's start from here and move forward. So it's not, you know, oh, well, everything you're saying is making me feel bad because now I've, I know I've missed some things. No, it shouldn't make you feel bad. It should put a fire under your butt to do better and to be like, listen, I'm going to get a Holy Ghost boldness. I'm going to get full of faith. I'm going to step out and I'm going to see the blessings of God. You know, just on the prayer call last night, I explained that, you know, I really didn't want to do uh tear down and 
build up or whatever you call it for the church. But that's not what God asked. God said, start a church. God said, start a church. So when he gives an instruction, you have to say, okay, it might not look the way I had it planned. It might not be the way I thought for a second it was going to start out. But that's all he wants to know was, are you willing to say yes and start? So Abraham had to say yes and start walking up the mountain. He had to start going towards the instruction. And it looked completely different when he got to the top. Hallelujah. It's going to look completely different than I ever could think of and imagine. So I'm not even going to try. I told someone the other day I was in the car with, I don't know if it was my nephew or so. I said, I'm not even going to try to imagine what it's going to look like. I'm just going to stay in an obedient mindset. I'm going to stay in a yes mindset. I'm going to stay in faith. I'm going to step out and do what God's called me to do in every area of my life. You know the song? I'll say yes. Hey, Leslie, I didn't even see you write it to know. Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. I'll say yes, Lord, yes. I will trust you and obey. And what's the next? When your spirit speaks to me, with my whole heart I'll agree. And my answer will be yes, Lord, yes. So you know what? I used to sing that song for the first like two years or a year and a half that I had to, before I had to speak because I was so... I know, Caitlin, I wish I could sing, but um, I was so nervous to speak in front of people that I had to sing that song to remind me while I was doing what I was doing, to keep me on track, to keep me full of faith and moving forward and boldness, was just saying, yes, Lord, I will step out and do what you asked me to do. I'm uncomfortable. I'm nervous. I don't even know sometimes if I'm qualified, but then just saying yes activated what God wanted done. It just activates. So a yes is very powerful. A yes, Lord, is a very powerful tool that you have in your mouth. So remember, there is no shortages in the kingdom of God. We're not going to be without. We're not going to live without. We're going to live in abundance. We're going to have more than we've ever, ever had before. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. That's my prayer for you today. That's my prayer for this church. That's my prayer for my own life, my kids, my husband. We'll never be without. And we're going to pass the test and we're going to prove God at his word. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that your word brings us faith. Your word gives us the boost of faith that we need to step out. It is the firm foundation for us to take the next step into what you have for us. Thank you, Lord, that we will make the right decisions, that we have listening ears, Lord, that our spirit is our spirit man is ready and willing to move out by faith. Thank you, Jesus, that as you give us an instruction, we will be quick to obey this year in 2023. Quick to obey, quick to receive, quick to obey, and quick 
to receive. Thank you, Jesus, that you are no respecter of persons, that what you've done for your children in the word of God, you'll do for us. You'll do for me. You'll do for my family. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done for people just in the last 21 days. You'll do for me. You'll do for them watching and listening. You'll do for my family. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Thank you for being our provider. Thank you that you are Jehovah Jireh. We will not lack. We will not want. We will not wonder what you have for us. For every perfect gift is from above. Every good and perfect gift is from above. And that's what you want to do. You just want to bless us. Every instruction that you give us, Lord, is to bring us better, is to help us go higher, is to help our faith to increase, and is to help to prove you are a God that gives his word. Heavenly Father, we love you so much. We're so thankful for you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen.